0: Amen. Well, we are a blessed people, and I think if it wasn't for Christ, what would we have to be thankful for? The sum of all things, and that, that's really summed up. Thanksgiving pulls us upward. Thanksgiving elevates our hearts, our souls, our spirits. It's, it's intended to glorify God and to uplift ourselves. It causes us to look look upward in Him. The the, the source of all blessings that we can Experience on earth, the hymn writer says, Blessings all mine with 10,000 beside. And we received a gift on the way up here as well. Traveling, we, we got word of news, something we've been in prayer for for well over a month. And I don't know about the rest of you, but I've kind of assumed the worst would probably take place. And we had a glint of, of sunshine this morning. Blessings all mine with 10,001 beside today. Amen. Amen. We pray that it will continue in that direction. We praise Him, give Him all the glory for that. We know that even in times of persecution, the overarching realm of salvation in Christ has seen a lot of martyrs, but we praise Him when good things happen on the earth for His glory as well. Thanksgiving pulls us upward. A man named William Law said, would you know who is the greatest saint in the world? It is not he who prays most or fasts most. It is not he who gives most alms or is most eminent for temperance, chastity, or justice. But it is he who is always thankful to God who wills everything that God wills who never receives anything as who receives everything as an instance of God's goodness and has a heart always ready to praise God for it. Could you therefore work miracles? You could not do more for yourself than by this thankful spirit for it turns all that it touches into happiness. A man named William Law made that statement come across another statement that thankfulness rather than criticism should be the default position of Christians. And boy, I've heard another minister say once, if you can't say amen, you ought to say ouch. And for me, too often, that's an ouch. But the default position of Christians is thankfulness. And boy, if we we can train ourselves to be in that position, you, you can't criticize or look down or send bitter waters out when there's sweet water springing forward, springing out. I, and it's, it's not always an easy place to be in. Life isn't always easy, but we know that God is good in all things. I'd like to read a little of the 10 lepers in Luke. Uh, Luke, and I pulled my paper out from where I was, I believe. Luke, I believe it was chapter 17. Yes, Luke chapter 17, verse 11. And it came to pass, as he, being Jesus, went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go, shew yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was cleansed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And where are the nine? Boy, I I hope we can be found in in the visible multitudes of ones this morning and not nines. A place of gratitude. We we think of that circumstance of what happened to understand leprosy and what the people that had that went through. There were it, you were cursed until death. There was no known cure to mankind. You would slowly deteriorate until your life was over. You were a social outcast, cultural outcast. We can't fathom. Even the COVID quarantine is not as bad as it was for a leper. You had no social life again. You had no interaction with people other than those who had the same disease, and there was no hope. And here. Where there was no hope, suddenly there was. As these ten headed back on the road, and all of a sudden they could feel the cleansing happening, and I'm sure they all shouted and took off, I'm going to the priest. But there was one, stopped dead in their tracks and turned around. And one had a healing that went more than skin deep. I think of all the lateral connections they had that were restored, they they could just feel in their heart, they can go back to their spouse, their families. Business, oh, the festivals and the banquets and all these things in life that they were kept from. They could have it again. But one said, but first, God, who is this man that cleansed me? Who is this man? I will thank him. One turned back and one had a healing that went clear to the heart. And he fell into not just lateral restoration, but vertical restoration with his God. Because he thrust himself head first at Jesus with a thankful spirit. The first step for a person to become a Christian we know is repentance. Before Christ there was John the Baptist preaching repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And it's repentance of sin, the conviction that we are a sinner that brings us to the point where we need Christ. But not long after that with our salvation it's a place of thanksgiving. We live a life of thanksgiving knowing from what we have been saved from and what we are saved to. A new life here on this earth and eternity in heaven. And we've we slip from that so much we we lose our grateful attitude so much and just i've i've fallen into that And in this past week preparing for this message i had so much else going on i I just kind of put it off and i felt myself going into this box where i needed to sit down and study for the message knowing that it's that the lord will provide something for me and i I struggle with that, and I one morning I said, "I'm I'm going to slip out. I'm going to go somewhere and sit, and just I'm going to sit and watch the sunrise." And I hadn't done that for a long time. And my, we need to we need to do that. The the glory of God is just unmatched. And I thought as I I sat there, it was dark and begin to get light, and then the, just a silent explosion of golds and the blue, and then the the peak of the sun coming up. I think how it is in our life. We often think, "Well, the Lord's shining on me today. He wasn't this other day." and I just need the Lord to shine on me. And I got to thinking the science of it all, the earth spins, it's it's us that spin. God is a constant. God is stable and constant. He is always there. There might be clouds in our life that hide us from him, but he is always there and he never moves. Unshaking. Malachi 3.6 says, I, the Lord, do not change. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. His plans don't change. His character doesn't change. His promises don't change. He is true and sure. True and sure. And I'd like to just spend some time with some interaction thanking the Lord. And I understand as I read through this, a lot of this, when we think of God's character and his attributes and the things that we'll touch on here, thanksgiving and praise kind of run on the same avenue. But I'd like to, to just repeat after me, Lord, I thank you for you are constant. I say it again. Lord, I thank you for you are constant. He is constant. He is fixed. He is a constant in our lives, a rock, the rock of our salvation. He is omnipotent, all-powerful, and cannot be conquered. Revelation 1.18 says, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen, and have the keys of hell and of death. All power of all things that could encompass us, even our own death. And the fear of hell, he holds that key. And if we live in Christ, he holds that key. If we are known of Christ by our heart being given to him, he holds that key. None other does. And there is security with that. The power of all things that are created, as I, as I watch that sunset, or sunrise, I'm sorry, I noticed, of course, there was a streak across of an airplane. I thought, boy, 150 years ago, you'd never seen that. But again, the blessings of the time in which we live that we can jet around and travel freely, and so many advancements that we have, and the kingdom of God can be utilized through that. Missionaries that are sent, the word sent in different places, it's not all a bad thing. But beyond that, the the brilliant lights, there's no one, no one can do what God can do. Opening a flower petal, or opening the sunrise in the in the morning of of the day. The mountain's created. No one can do what God can do. He is omnipotent. Although such power might seem frightful, remember that God is good. He can do anything according to his infinite ability, but will do only those things that are consistent with himself. That's why he can't lie. He does only that that is consistent with himself. Lord, we thank you for you are omnipotent. Lord, we thank you for you are omnipotent. I understand you could say praise. Praise might fit better there, but they go together. We praise you. The Lord is omniscient as well. He can see all things. Is this a fearful or a beautiful thing? To understand the heart of God, we understand that's that's a beautiful thing. I like songs. I, I like hymns. I think we all do. And I thought of the song, My Heart is Like a House. And I won't sing it, but I'll, I'll share some of it. Most of you probably know. A house that a, a man said his heart was like, and, and the Lord he would invite in. And they would commune there, and they would spend time there, but there was one room that was kept shut. And we know that the Lord sees all those rooms, but he said he did not want the Lord to enter into that room. Because there's a place in my heart where even I don't go. I got some things hidden there. I don't want no one to know. And there was, there was a time in this song where the Lord takes him by the hand and says, I not open up that door. No, no, Lord, I don't want you to see that. The, the Lord had a purpose, and it wasn't just to see and to exploit all that was in there, but to clean it. And that His light would cast out the darkness. And it says, when I think about that room, now I'm not ashamed anymore. The freedom that comes through the omniscience of God to break the chains and set us free. I remember as, as a youth, I would travel to the east a lot, I would travel down I-70 through Missouri, and there's there's places you could see you drove by of places that sold filth, I would just say. And on the on-ramp, going back to the interstate, I noticed someone had put up a huge bill for, bill, billboard, Behold, the eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding that which is good and that which is evil. And I'm sure many passed by that and thought someone was just trying to be condemning. Well. The word of God is condemning, but I wonder if there were many that were led to a point of conviction there. And what I see when I when I drove by the interstate and saw that, I praise God. There's a lifeline right there. There's a lifeline. And God provides that. His omniscience provides a lifeline. And that's that's what he wants. He wants us to be clean and free and know a freedom that we've never known before, a joy that we've never known before. Thank you, Lord, for your omniscience. Let us repeat that. Thank you, Lord, for your omniscience to our heart. Praise Him. First John 3.20 echoes and says, For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. How blessed we are and we don't even realize so often our relationship with the Lord is not based on how we feel in His presence. Condemnation can well up within ourselves having nothing to do with our standing before the Lord. But remember, it is the, our enemy who is the accuser of our brethren and he is cast down. The accuser of our brethren is cast down. We praise him for that, for his omniscience, for his omnipresence as well. He can be in all places at all times. No man can do that. There's no king that can do that, but the king, Jesus, the king, the Lord of of creation. Any high place, any low place, if I make my bed on the mountaintops or in hell, behold, thou thou art there. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? Ever feel lonely? We're not. Sometimes we feel that way, but the Lord is in all places. We're never parting away from Him. Do I not feel the heaven and the earth? declares the Lord in Jeremiah 24, 23 24. Do I not feel the heaven and the earth? And I, I've been comforted and I thought a lot about that. Something that, that kind of intrigues me when, when we pray to the Lord, when we, we pray to God. God hears our prayer and from his point it's as if he He looks down on us from a place where there's a like a V. I think of those who have gone on before us that we've known and loved here on this earth that are in heaven. If they're with Christ, they're in the presence of God and when we beseech God, we're talking to the Lord who beholds us and them too. That's kind of a neat thought. I grew up basically without a, a grandpa. I lost one when I was... Prior to one years old and the other when I was two going on three and it felt like sometimes I kind of I missed something. But it kind of is, is neat to think about my grandparents or other people that I know in my life. that When I speak to the Lord, He hears my prayer and He's in the presence of, of them too. I'm not sure what that's worth, but it's a blessing, I think. It's something I've, I've, I've thought about. He is in all place. He fills the heaven and the earth. A.W. Tozer said once that God is closer than our thoughts. Our thoughts are pretty close to us. We can keep them from other people. Our thoughts can become a battleground. But A.W. Tozer challenges us by stating the Lord is closer than that. He's closer to us than even our thoughts. That's, that's pretty powerful. The omnipresence of God from heaven to the hills to the deepest place to our thoughts to our heart. Lord, I praise you for your omnipresence. Amen. Amen. God is wise. Oh, the depth of the riches both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and unfathomable his ways. Wisdom is using heart, soul, and mind together with skill and competence. And boy, there's none that has has that all together as does the Lord. The wisdom of the Lord, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, the Bible says. Now, we can study for years and gain a lot of knowledge, but the simple fear, the the trust and respect of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom in our life. All that we would ever need is there in Him. And we can ask Him. And we may not find the answers that we want, but we will always have the answers which we need for whatever time we're facing. Wisdom is the ability to devise perfect ends and to achieve those ends by the most perfect means. That's another quote by A.W. Tozer, and boy, I think of the salvation that we have made up available through Christ, that God made available. From the from the fall of man in the garden, I think there appeared the cross on the timeline right then. The Lord knew there will be, be a cross, I'll have a son, he'll die for mankind, and there'll be opportunity to be redeemed right then. A perfect ends to, by a perfect means from God. We praise Him for His wisdom. Lord, I praise You for Your wisdom. Lord, I praise You for Your wisdom. I thank You for Your wisdom. God is just. Deuteronomy 32, four says, He is the rock, and in this Bible, the rock is capitalized. He is the rock. His work is perfect, for all His ways are judgment, a God of truth, and without iniquity, just and right is He. He always does what is right. Our God is a just God. All the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirits. We have the opportunity to know what is just and right by seeking the Lord, by seeking Him in His Word. And often we we can confuse ourselves with our own devices, our own thoughts. The ways of a man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weigheth the spirits. The Lord is the standard. And if I was the standard... Things would be in a mess. Mankind can't can't be what the Lord is, but the Lord is just. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. I think of that leper that went back, turned, in, and just out of gratitude developed a relationship with the Lord. And all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. All those lateral things he, he had back as well, but the blessing from those things were made more bountiful because his vertical blessing was, was there. His channel with God was there. And all the lateral things that he could have had back from being cleansed from leprosy were better because his vertical relationship was right. Lord, I thank you that you are just. Amen. The Lord is gracious and merciful. Slow to anger and great in loving kindness, Psalm 145.8. Mercy is not getting what we do deserve, which is damnation. Grace is getting what we don't deserve, eternal life. We don't deserve that. Jesus does, but we really don't because of the mistakes that we've made in our life. What we do deserve is damnation, but by his mercy, we don't have to fear that or live with that shadow over us. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and not just not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. The gift of God. Mm-hmm. We think of blessings that we have in life, nothing greater than the gift of God of salvation. Lord, I thank you for your grace and mercy. Lord, I thank you for your grace and mercy. Amen. And the last thing I have is that God is love. God is love. And boy, just this past week, I believe it was Kevin McCarthy, gave a speech on the Congress floor trying to divert a vote that was coming to pass. He he talked for eight hours. It was the longest recorded speech on the Congress floor. It was was to delay a vote. He, He didn't succeed with what he was trying to do. Eight hours. And boy, if we talk about the love of God, we could eclipse eight hours and just keep right on going into the first part of the week. And still not do it justice, the love of God. Remember at youth camp, I was. We had a song we sang that was basically First John four seven and eight, and it was a little bit of a. The tune was a little bit kind of hard to follow and pick up on, but I, I always it caused me to memorize and remember John, First John four seven and eight. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and anyone that loveth is born of God. And knoweth God, he that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. Beloved, let us love one another, First John 4, 7 and 8. That's it's kind of a different tune, but it stuck with me from then on. And it's good to have things like that in our life to remind us. It was shared this morning a little bit The from the, the opening, the, the love we have toward each other, the love of God, and the love for fellow man, that they both tie together. And if it was not for the love of God, we wouldn't have this today. We wouldn't have opportunity to reconcile, as we shared with, with our spouse, when things are hard. We know of a lot of marriages that have broken apart, and, and we would have been there, not for the love of God, influencing our heart and our life. We know of personal relationships and friendships that have, would have been not what they are today if it was not for the influence of the love of God. The power of that, even when things don't turn out as as we feel like we would desire, would like, the love of God is constant. And we can gain from that and cling to that. God's love, so sure, shall still endure. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man would lay down his life for another. Again, another quote by A.W. Tozer. Free as he is, he has let his heart be bound to us forever. Free as he is almost seemed like that was a vulnerable thing for the Lord to do, to allow His heart to be bound to us forever. But through Christ, it's not. As free as He was. God's love is active and personal, drawing us to Himself. I'd like to close with Psalm 100. Psalm 100. Lord I, thank you for your love. Lord, I thank you for your love. Let's sing that psalm. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart before we move to another song. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. I will say, This is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice, for he hath made me glad. He hath made me glad, he hath made me glad I will rejoice for he hath made me glad he hath made me glad, he hath made me glad I will rejoice for he hath made me glad what more shall we sing?